Michael and Julianne have been best friends for years. The one constant thing in my life is that he'll always be there. But they were never more than that. Call me, four in the morning, whatever, we gotta talk. Until he popped the question. I called because I met someone. To someone else. Well. We're getting married. He was in love with me every day for nine years. Me! <laughs> I can see why. Look, she has known him for what, like five seconds? I can't lose him, George. I'm a busy girl. I've got four days to break up a wedding and steal the bride's feather. Hello and welcome to Step and Repeat, a weekly movies and awards show podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm joined here today by my co-host, Andrew. Hello. And you just heard the trailer for My Best Friend's Wedding, which is our movie of the week. So for those of you who don't know and are just joining into our conversation, we are in our quarantine edition of Step and Repeat, where we, Matt and Andrew, are putting out four or five selections for you, the listener, to pick which movie we're talking about. So... While we're staying at home, quarantined, we don't have anywhere to go or anything to do, what better way to watch movies? So each week we pick a theme, and this theme was feel-good movies. And you've chosen this week for us to watch the 1997 romantic comedy My Best Friend's Wedding, starring Julia Roberts, Dermot Moroni, Cameron Diaz, and Rupert Everett. But before we get into that, before we start talking about My Best Friend's Wedding, Andrew and I want to talk a little bit about some industry updates. Andrew, I know you wanted to chat a little bit about the new the new awards, Oscars uh, rules are, that are in effect. Um, I don't know if you wanted to go first. or Sure. <laughs> I don't have much of an option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, as your handy-dandy uh, Oscarologist. Uh, <laughs> what a job. Yeah, I know. That's like my dream job. <laughs> to think Oscar, all Oscars all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if only I got paid to do that. I spent an obscene amount of my free time doing that, though. <laughs> one day, one day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's uh, actual news this week in Oscar world. So one of the big questions of all of quarantine in the movie industry is how this is going to affect award season. And we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but we now have some guidelines of what the Oscar ceremony is going to look like next year. So for the first time ever, the Oscars bend the rules for video on demand service. So for, Until further notice, which is code for until this uh, pandemic is over, the the Oscars will accept video on demand as being eligible for uh, the Oscar ceremony. So all these like movies that jumped like straight to VOD from theaters or were never even released in theaters uh, are eligible prior. But they had to have planned to be in theaters, correct? Yeah. Like, like some HBO movie can't just like be nominated, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's like also like a network type thing. Like it all gets buried in the weeds. Mm-hmm. But like we're talking like Netflix stuff. So something like you essentially have to like pay for, like a service you have to pay for, right? So, um, yeah. So I'm talking about like. The only ones that have, like, real shots. So um, something like Never Rarely Sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, Always, like, would be eligible now. Um, And uh, Or Call of the Wild, you know. Let's not rule out Harrison Ford. 
That, like, technically, that was early enough before the outbreak that, like, it didn't really have oh, much of Oh, you know, that's effect. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, there goes my joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exit stage left. I, well, like, so this is why it's, like, almost not worth talking about, because when all said and done, there are actually few films that were really impacted by all this, too, because... Sure. 90% of the movies that get nominated for Oscars are like released in the fall anyway. And like, if the fall goes as planned, like then like those are the movies that would have been nominated for the Oscars anyhow. So it's like, but like no one knows how the fall is going to go with yeah. the virus. Yeah. So, uh, so that's why it's like, a. <laughs> So this seems to me like really matter. This seems to me like two things. Like one, like it's giving trolls an opportunity to be nominated for best animated feature, and that's it. Or two, um, (laughs) they are really gearing up for this thing going on longer than expected, and the studios are gearing up to release more and more movies on video on demand and just giving the theater experience entirely. It's. I mean, it's like a last ditch resort. It's like they don't plan on using this but they're not going to hold it against anybody if this is what you had to do. So, and I think that's the right call. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. It's for now, for now, I think this is the right call. The other uh, major change that they did is they merged the two sound categories. So if in your Oscar, (laughs) yeah, if in your Oscar pool, like you never understood the difference between sound editing and sound mixing, (laughs) <laughs> and now you don't have to worry about that yeah. because it's now just going to be best sound best sound yeah uh, and it'll it will cut all of 10 minutes from the ceremony yeah, yeah. May, maybe less <laughs> previously like i think over the last like 10 years eight out of the 10 went to they went to the same movie anyway so mm-hmm. like uh i don't think it's really gonna change a whole lot <laughs> but yeah um, funnily enough that this past year was a year where they actually split <laughs> between... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so the last time like <laughs> this is they went out on the high note i guess yeah. but um so yeah so now it's going to be the sound editors and the sound mixers will like take over the same award Mm-hmm. And you... I, I think that's also the right call, truthfully, even though, you know, much respect for the sound people. Yeah. But, uh... well, you know, like, there's other jobs that don't get as much res- like, like the lighting people, you know, they don't get the respect they deserve at the Oscar ceremonies and the stunt people, like I've always said, should get their own category, don't get any respect. So, you know, I, to me, it makes sense that, that this is kind of combined into one, but uh i am going to hold this thought for later on emerging categories because it is okay i promise it'll come up in our conversation later in this episode oh really <laughs> yeah i'm i'm excited now. yeah all right uh, but uh that's um yeah those are the major categories other minor stuff but like the only ones that i think the top lines care about but video yeah. on demand having a big effect on the industry yeah, really. And who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Speaking of video on demand, um, I know this is kind of getting into the weeds, and and, and it's I guess old news. This not not old news because there's I guess more and more developments happening every day. But a lot of people have been like kind of asking my our our opinion on the whole Universal AMC feud going on right now. And I 
No, have, no one has asked my opinion on this. Oh, okay, well, record. people have asked my opinion. So, okay. sorry, sorry <laughs> to leave you out. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been excluded sorry to try from to these conversations. You. <laughs> You've been excluded. Okay, well, I'm, people have been asking me my thoughts on this whole AMC, mostly my mother. <laughs> this whole AMC Universal <laughs> um, <laughs> debate. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, sorry. So, <laughs> um, please, Matt, let us for us who aren't in these conversations. What is this AMC Universal? Oh, I'm losing it right now. I'm losing it. Quarantine brain. I know quarantine brain. Really. Um. <laughs> so, anyway, as we all know, movie theaters are shut down, and Universal, as well as other studios, released um uh movies on video on demand so one of the movies that was released was as we just talked about trolls world tour so universal said that this format was so successful for them that now they're considering in the future to release movies simultaneously on video on demand and in theaters amc the amc movie chain did not like this statement at all um obviously it's not good for their brand or their business uh they'll lose a significant amount of money if they if universal proceeds with or any studio proceeds with this current projection business plan and amc pretty much came out and said that they will not be playing universal movies if this is the route they want to take now my opinion on this is i think this is a very kind of petty argument um it's kind of like throwing i think it's throwing shade to the wind to be honest with you but um it's it's kind of a, a he said she said back and forth spat and right now tensions are high you know people are out of business out of work people are furloughed and discussions aren't really going to be had right now until after this whole quarantine thing blows over um and i think this whole thing will blow over that's i think it will like universal i I think people need to calm down universal will be playing fast and furious next year don't worry and they will be playing jurassic world dominion when it comes out don't worry i just think tensions are very high right now now I do have to say that I am pro AMC on this one, even though I like I do think both of them are kind of acting childish. Um, I am pro AMC on this one. I I've always been an advocate for the movie theater, the movie going experience. Um, I think theaters have the right to have movies played in their theaters. Obviously, I don't think movies should be going on on demand right away um, because of the experience and because we need to support those jobs and those people. Now I I do understand that universal is you know they do make more money uh or they will make a good amount of money on video on demand but i still think people want the movie theater experience the movie going experience even if they did proceed with this ridiculous plan um so i i don't think it would hurt amc that much in my opinion but i i do see why amc does not want to play their movies anymore so i i i'm i'm on their side so like you said off the top First thing we need to address is that the fact that this debate is over Trolls World Tour. <laughs> like, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Trolls World Tour is not the Citizen Kane of 2020. <laughs> yeah. Well, but... it's certainly been talked about a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, like, let's not jump to conclusions and say trolls world tour being on video on demand is like going to have a like 
meteoric impact on like the industry because it's not so um so like from universal's standpoint the release trolls war tour like objectively a kid's movie on on demand where it was always going to do well so they release it it performs really well and like in the the time of the rona when all things are like horrible economically of course universal is going to like come out and say and peacock sort of like look like look how great our business is like doing like we can do this stuff and so then they're like we might just do this stuff all the time we just might release all movies on demand so like they say that and like it will it is not the first time in all of capitalism that a company has um over exaggerated right (laughs) like what their product is or how well their product performed so like okay like you do you you talk about this like the rest of us here are going to be like good for you thumbs up (laughs) and (laughs) so um amc yeah amc obviously took this like very personally which like Mm -hmm. they should have had the like wherewithal to hold themselves back but alas they they like said they're like okay what you you know you want to release all movies on demand you know so like we're not going to show any of your movies how about that suckers (laughs) so yeah and now other chains are following following suit it's like like, regal now announced fine you're not playing movies we're not gonna play the movies either i know and like it's even though they're competitors it's like so again like everyone can see that like this is like not gonna happen like permanently so uh so it's like kind of silly from that standpoint too but like it's almost bad i think it makes them look bad because it's it's as if they're being like backed into a corner and they're like acting as if they're being backed into a corner saying like like that is their only option like that is their trump card of saying like we won't show your movies at all like and that's it like that is the only card that they can play and so i think it's like not great that they pulled out that card because like mm-hmm. that just like shows their overall weakness and vulnerabilities if, a little if bit if i were if i were amc's manager i wouldn't pull the i wouldn't pull the the movies what i would do is i would increase the rental fee for universal if they re- decide if you i would say if you decide to release your movie on video on demand then we're going to release your rental in for playing like we'll play your movies but it's going to ch- cost you like twice or three times as much yeah like strategically strategically yeah. that is like way more sound so like all from a strategy standpoint like this argument is like so petty and it silly very petty. Yeah, yeah yeah and like makes no sense and like therefore i'm just kind of like watch it all unfold yeah (laughs) just sit back and eat the popcorn yeah because no pun intended it's not gonna have any sort of lasting effect but um it's fun to watch and listen to yeah so we'll we'll come back in this time next year and see where we are (laughs) yeah the next time we're able to go to the movies again (laughs) yeah Uh. all right well (laughs) I guess that's it for industry updates. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? No, actually, kind of a big week, I guess. Like, I we know have more, we have more to talk about this week than we did last week. I know. So, 
I I like it when there's non when there's actual news to talk about because you know, know it's actually intellectually stimulating. I know. I was gonna else. I was gonna I was gonna talk last week about like all these Marvel movies being pushed back, like the next Thor and then then Black Widow. But then I was like, like because they just announced it like that weekend. It's um, the same old story, it's but like, it's like the more same old story. movies like, pushed it's back. Like, it's not news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like okay, I, I just want to bring it up. So. Yeah, <laughs> even though it's hard for you. Alas, anyway, moving on. So, should we get into our movie of the week? Let's do it. All right. So this week was m- my best friend's wedding. Uh, was I guess I ruined the surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, well, the and, episode title is my best friend's uh, wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's, I'm not good at these like reveals. You are, the reveals that, like you oh, are. Oh no, I did it. I did it last week. I was like, after eight times when I said like our movie of the week was the happening, and then I did a drum roll for what the winner was. Like, what was that? Uh, I remember that. I was like, why are you doing this? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Again, quarantine brain. You are getting weird sides of me. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so anyway. <laughs> we had four movies for you all to choose from this week and are the four movies for you to choose from were um matilda my big fat greek wedding sister act and my best friend <laughs> um actually this was our uh highest voter turnout ever uh record turnout i have the percentages but i don't have the actual number of votes um the the lowest was Sister Act at ten percent. That was yours. Um, Matilda was sec was third with nineteen percent. Close ish kind of second was my big fat Greek wedding at thirty three percent, and my best friend's wedding went out at thirty eight percent. It was real close. Um, uh, I think the fact that there were so many votes uh, kind of tells me you all want to watch feel good movies, but. Uh, I don't know. Could have just yeah. been an anomaly too. So, if you want to watch feel good movies, let us know <laughs> so we can cover more. <laughs> or people are just really bored and like, they're like, eh, I have nothing else to do. Maybe I'll listen to their podcast. <laughs> so, um, so we've been kind of doing this fun little thing where we've been summing up these movies, giving a ten words or fewer synopsis. Actually, not. I don't think any of our synopses have been less than few, less than ten words. But I had mine, and now I close it out. <laughs> But do you want to go first, Andrew? Uh, yeah, uh, sure. I, again, forgot about the synopsis <laughs> challenge. And, uh, but something just came to me, so I will go for it. So here it is. Julia Roberts discovers she's... Billy Eilish and the bad guy. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that's all that's all for me, folks. I think your quarantine brain is really starting to take over your mind. <laughs> but good, good 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 try. Good good job. Man, you really should be taking the lead on this because this is your movie. <laughs> so my 10 word or fewer synopsis is girl tries to ruin former crush's wedding to college junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
uh, that was my like selling point on <laughs> the thing I wanted to like talk about. I was like many opinions on this movie. Uh, like there are some like crazy like crazy aspects uh to this one of, <laughs> only one of them is the fact that uh Kimber diaz is 20 in this movie <laughs> she's 20 and her character is what like 18 or 20 20, 20. Oh, yeah geez, um, Cameron diaz like i looked it up she's like 23 or something like that and julie but, roberts like, is supposed to be what 28 27 she is 27 she... oh my god okay so should we just go right into it let's just dive right into it okay so the age factor <laughs> yeah <laughs> the... really okay oh, so how old is Dermot Moroni in this same they're like 27 28, 28. uh but the actor Dermot Moroni was 34 at the time okay so Julia Roberts was 30 and Cameron Diaz was like 27 and Rupert Everett was like 36 37 something I just can't grasp the fact that I'm older now than these characters at the time. I, oh, I know. I, I cannot wrap my head around <laughs> yeah. it. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I talked about that last week. I was like, I was like, oh, Jeremy Strong was younger in the happening than I am now. Yeah. And this is even worse. <laughs> yeah, so <that's> terrible. <laughs> okay. So, well, here's your obligatory spoiler warning because uh, we're covering movies that have been out for a long time. So <laughs> if you haven't seen it and want don't want to be spoiled like you've get had, out you've, now you've had 23 years folks it's time to however i will also warn you if you watch the trailer for this movie gives away literally the entire thing with the <laughs> exception of maybe the last scene that gives away the entire that's the entire movie. my huge problem with 90s trailers is they give away the entire synopsis of movies every single one of them like so, again, because we're in spoiler territory, the trailer, which you heard at the very beginning, uh, at the very end of the trailer, they show Jules and Michael kissing and then Kimmy seeing them and yeah. the chase after. They show that entire sequence in the trailer. And I'm like, yeah. that is in the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So Can I just I've, I've never seen My Best Friend's Wedding and I've never, I've actually never seen the trailer. So I'm kind of glad I didn't see the trailer because all of this was a surprise to me. Yeah, so, like... I thought, actually... my, I thought the best friend was Cameron Diaz. Oh. <laughs> I was like, um, wait, what? Because I thought they were going to, like, fight over Dermot Maroney. And I, I, like, I knew who was in it. But, like, I, I didn't know anything about this movie at all. So It's weird I'm how much I, I actually... It's weird how much I actually remember from the trailer. Because, like, I remember watching this trailer as a kid. And I remember, like the scene where she falls off the bed, like, on the phone, was, like, a massive thing. Or, I, I'm being, like, somewhat... <laughs> I'm using hyperbole here. But, yeah. like, she, like, I remember it was, like, I remember that scene in the trailer of, like, her falling off the bed. So, mm. like, I don't know why that had such an impact on me, but, like, it worked, and I remembered it, and it was, like, just this reoccurring thing. But there's also a lot of falling in this movie. <laughs> um, it's, like, one of... Uh, uh, it's, I mean, obviously, uh, rom-com um, yeah. staple with yeah. falling. Yeah. But it happens um, a lot. Yeah, oh, <laughs> speaking of falling and, like, the scene where she, like, Dermot Moroney like opens. I should refer to him by his name. Sorry, um, Michael. Michael. Or yeah, where Michael opens the door and um, Jules falls back. Uh, just before that scene, she's talking to a very young Paul Giamatti. Yes. I'm like, yeah. what? My mind is yeah. blown. I thought he was yeah. like big before that, but I had no idea. Uh, he had, like a no, cameo. I, 
the first thing I really saw Paul Giamatti in was probably Sideways or like yeah. where they became aware of him. And that was even still like 2000. That was 2004. I want to say well, that's still like seven years down the road. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I just for some reason, I thought he was bigger. But I guess like when you're younger, you don't really know who these stars are except for like or these people are except for like, you know, the big ones like Cameron Diaz and Julia Roberts. So um so uh that scene also involves like smoking and uh non-smoking floors and rooms which is very much uh night the most 1997 thing oh really Um, not those phones (laughs) no oh i think there is a clear winner for (laughs) the most 1997 thing about this movie which is why i don't want to play the game or at least like it's it doesn't matter the most 1997 thing about this movie is the email scene without oh. a doubt? Oh yes. Save <laughs> <laughs> for later. Yes. Yeah. Um. I'm so... so confused by all that too. I'm like, yeah. just delete the thing. Like, yeah. saved into draft. I have some emails that I need you to send. Out. <laughs> I yeah. lost it. I lost it. He's like, I have uh, some emails I need you to send out, and I'm like, oh my god, this is. Yeah, clearly we know where this is going, but like, <laughs> that would not happen today. I am, uh, I am like, very I have proud like... of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, my review for this movie on Letterboxd, uh, which you can find me at uh, for at A Shine, by the way, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> um, self-plug uh, there. Yeah, like a little it. self-plug. We put it uh, on our, um, our episode descriptions, too, Letterboxd. Yeah. And uh, a reminder, like, Letterboxd is a movie reviewing app, which is really great and highly recommend, which Matt introduced me to. So yeah. thank you, Matt. Yeah, you're welcome. And my Letterboxd uh, is mgrant1219. Yes. Uh, follow our <laughs> reviews on yes. there. Uh, and you'll get to hear um, us talk about other stuff other than um, <laughs> My Best Friend's Wedding or any of the movies that we talk about on here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I digress our subtitle. Uh, so my letterboxed review for uh, my best friend's wedding after watching it was only three words in all caps it was but her email (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah um, and I was very proud of that one (laughs) and uh, so but like so to refresh everyone's memory uh, this scene involves Julia Roberts going into her um, uh, Cameron Diaz's dad's office and um, writing like an email that would essentially get um, Michael uh, fired from his job, which like by getting him fired would turn him against Kimmy, aka Cameron Diaz. And therefore make Michael fall in love with Jules. So it was like part of this like uh, obscene plot. Yeah. yeah. And um, but like anyway, so it's 1997. So like the computer that they're working off is a laptop, <laughs> and it's like ridiculously overly 1997. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like a massive, massive laptop, and like imagine like horrible horrible like screens and font of like opening up the email and she actually doesn't even type in an email address she just like types in like a person as if that's how that she works. types in to and from yeah like 
<laughs> is that how email used to be? Like, you have to, like, literally do this is from so-and-so? Like, I thought you had an email address. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is all, like, again, this is all, like, non-password protected oh, stuff, yeah, yeah. too. So, um, uh, so then she, like, types out the email, but then comes, like, at the last minute realizes, like, maybe this is a bad idea, but she's like, but I also don't not mean it. So she decides to save it in drafts. And then later on, um, the, the dad's assistant, like, sends the email because the dad told her to, told the assistant to. So, because he had unsaved emails in his drafts. <laughs> so, but they don't even say uh, drafts. It's like, save yeah. later. <laughs> Unsent like, message? Yeah. It like, pixelates away. <laughs> It's so, it's so, like, mid to late 90s that, like, I, it just, I was going to do a most 1997 thing, but I was like, that takes a cake. And there are a lot of 1997 things. There's a lot of 1990s. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I agree. So I, like, was on the verge of not liking this movie until I saw that scene, and that solidified it. I, like, I was like, I, I was like, I was like, saying to myself, Andrew, I thought this was supposed to be feel-good movies. I hate this movie. I hate every person in this movie. I hate every character in this movie. Everyone is so bad. Nobody is likable. It's just, it's awful. It's disgusting. The people attending the wedding are awful. Like, the, there's a scene where, like, the girl gets, she's, like, trying to lick the statue of David's ice sculpture. Like, what is this? Like, I did not like any part of this movie at all. <laughs> So, um, I, part of why I think this movie is like really, I think is a really great romantic comedy too. And part of why I feel justified in calling it a, um, feel good movie. Because it makes you feel good about yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I got where you were going with that, but like, yeah, I I, feel good. It made me feel so angry. I hated every single person in this movie. Like none of this is like nothing about this movie is grounded in reality <laughs> which i guess is like it can be feel good to like get out of like whatever situation you're in but like to me it just like made me more frustrated and angry with life than <laughs> life and love and my own so, than anything else. well like uh, a couple of things like there are some like obvious things that like like okay clearly like this would never ever happen like getting married in four days like at the drop of a dime yeah and or getting married um, when you're uh, college junior yeah um definitely want to come back to the that the age factor that <laughs> yeah. we talked about but um so like obviously some of these things are like very unrealistic but like i guess like in theory i don't have a problem with that because like that's the universe that like this movie is playing in so mm-hmm. like fine like i can suspend my disbelief for things like getting married in four days um i was surprised watching this movie how much I was actually reminded of people that I know in real life who have been through similar situations, at least in terms of, like, infighting over, like, a mediocre white man. And I was <laughs> like, um, and then I was like, oh my god, yeah, but like, that maybe didn't... this movie is more realistic than, but, like, I think it is. But those fights didn't end in a hug in a crowded bathroom at Wrigley Field. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh i uh there's like a very minor detail that i love in that scene actually is um when 
Julia Roberts, like when Jules is going through the bathroom, she's yelling, Kimmy! Kimmy! And then there's this random woman who just echoes <laughs> whatever she says. She goes, so Julia Roberts goes like, Kimmy! And then there's this other woman who goes, Kimmy! I, th- <laughs> I thought I imagined that. No, that actually happens. And like, there's a moment where Julia Roberts like turns, it's like, well, who is this woman who is saying that? <laughs> and then she's like clapping for them. I just, I can't. And the, yeah. the, but the, the the best part about that scene is the facial reactions of that one woman with the curly hair, and she's like, she's like, you bitch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> how dare you? And then she's like, she's like, <laughs> Julia or Julia Jules is like, yeah, I kissed him, but. And then she like tells her side of the story, and then like everyone's face is like, "Aww, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah." Like this is so stupid. This, I just I don't understand like why this movie is so popular, why it was so big in the nineties. But so it, um, I think this movie is great because it like it subverts like a lot of expectations of the rom com genre. Uh to particularly when we're talking about somebody like Julia Roberts. So you have to take into the factor of like Julia Roberts just being like the biggest star of the nineties. Oh yeah. And so, and somebody who dealt in like rom-coms before where essentially she plays like the hero of the story, like somebody that you like want to root for and what makes my best friend's wedding a great movie a great rom-com is like she is straight up playing the villain yeah and like and like gives you reasons to believe she is the villain over and over and over again like she sabotages like everything in this movie so uh and this movie is like aware of it too and it's not like at the end, the end, like another reason, the end is like great too, because she doesn't like, she's not rewarded for doing all of these things. Like, and to my synopsis's point, she actually comes to like the realization. She's like, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. And um, she like, she ends up alone, like at the end, like that is crazy to think like in a rom-com movie where like the lead character ends up alone and it's actually a very happy ending um and i think like more rom-coms should be like that where like the main character ends up happy and alone but also like let's not forget she has done these like horrible horrible things but like you still are weirdly like you root for some things like you're interested in her horrible illegal (laughs) yeah yeah and, like, I think that's a testament to Julia Roberts' performance. And, like, well, one of the reasons why well, I think this is, like, her best rom-com. So, Julia Roberts, you can't... Uh, you, you have to love her. I mean, she's Julia Roberts. She can play, the, she can play any villain role, and you would still love Julia Roberts. Like, she, you're right. She is clearly a villain in this movie. And I did not like her character whatsoever. I hated her. I couldn't stand Cameron Diaz's character. And they, even though, like, she's, like, did nothing wrong that the movie the director or i guess the writing and the director they tried to make her like annoying and like it's all started like when she was like a bad driver and she's like screeching through the streets and um just like has like an annoying family and like just an annoying personality like you're trying to like they're trying to get you to not like her like to like kimmy at all but in the end you realize like she's done nothing wrong she's in love with this guy and julia roberts the one you like find yourself oddly attracted to is like the one 
being a totally awful person. And it just solidified it when she like sent the email. I'm like, you just got this guy you love, like potentially fired and or you did get him fired. And like, she like, she like tried no, to justify um, he it. He doesn't, he doesn't get fired. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Get him in trouble. But it like, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But she like it, tried to justify it to him. And he like totally forgave her in like five minutes at the train station for doing that. Um, he's like, you're scum. You're like worse than scum. You're the mucus that creates scum. And, but he's like, but it's okay. You know, I love you anyway. And like, we'll move on, even though you're like, you ruined my entire life. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know where, where I was going with this, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, well, I don't think, um, I don't think I don't interpret Cameron Diaz, Kimmy um, as being as bad as maybe you do. I don't think she's great. I don't think, I think she is probably the least villainous of like the three main characters um but like she i think like she does have like good like redeeming qualities of like so for example she's an architect right or going to school to be like an architect too and she's dropping out of school just to marry this man Mm -hmm. problematic by the way but like she expresses like in the movie she says like i don't want to drop out of school like this is not something like i want for myself and um like those are like moments of sympathy where you're like okay like she has drive she has ambition she wants to do things um and like another good scene where you kind of like feel for cameron diaz um for kimmy is the karaoke scene where like jules like shoves the mic into kimmy's face to sing karaoke even though Kimmy like explicitly says like not my thing I don't want to do it she does it in front of everybody so like um like and she's bad like there's a reason why she didn't want to do karaoke and like she's getting heckled and like you feel for her in those moments too but and yes yeah, sorry uh, well like and like the movie's very aware you're supposed to feel for her because like even Jules kind of comes around. She's like, okay, I got to give it to her. Like she like pushed through this thing and everyone's like clapping and I'm mm-hmm. going to start clapping too. So um, there are some like, there are definite like downsides to um, her character. I don't want to make Kimmy to be out like a saint. Well, um, well, I'm, I was referring like one scene I'm referring to is the scene on the elevator when Kimmy stops the elevator and kind of like gets in to Jules's face and starts screaming at her and, so this is yeah. my man. You're not going to take him away from me. Um, and like, well, she doesn't say it quite like that, but I, like, that's the, that's the subject. Yeah, yeah. Basic gist. Um, and so that's where I was kind of like, okay, where's this going? These two are kind of fighting over this guy. And at least I, I, I've never seen the trailer, so I didn't know anything about the synopsis or, or the movie or whatsoever. So I said, okay, so obviously in this scene, like we're supposed to hate Kimmy and we're supposed to root for Jules, but then, Jules kind of goes off on a desperate quest to end this wedding, to end this this marriage over a guy she like she never even thought she liked. Like all of a sudden now she's jealous because she, he's getting married. She and she realizes herself that's like, oh, you know, he's getting married, and I guess I'm lonely. So he's like the first person that I'll go. Like, like it to me, it just it's like it sends a bad message. Like there, like you'll never find love. Like you have to go after the first person that you've ever you know, loved, you, you don't give yourself, you don't put yourself out there. And she, like, it just, it just, it seemed like an act of desperation to me. So number one, like another reason why I think the ending is so great is because she ends up like single yeah. and happy. And so like, I think like, that's well, like the key message. We don't know if she's happy. Um, 
Well, like, I mean, like, in the final scene, she's, like, smiling, dancing, yeah. and having a good time. Um, and Because George swooned so, her. The gay best friend swooned her. Um, we'll get to that. Come back to, yeah, I'm sure come back to George. Um, and, but, um, so also, like, if <laughs> we want to get, like, super film theory here, um, in, like... Michael and Kimmy are not necessarily, like, a good match. Not something that, like, I think is going to last sort of in the mm. long run. And, like, this is this is obvious in, like, the two days kind of, like, leading to the wedding. So, like, there's this whole drama about, like, getting another job, um, like, to make, like, Kimmy's family happy. And this is all Jules's idea. But, like through Kimmy and then Michael like yells at Kimmy like I can't believe you thought this was like a good idea and it's like this is a mistake like I don't know what I'm doing and he yells at her and berates her to the point where like Kimmy is literally in tears and like crying and then like has this like moment of like no 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 don't leave me don't leave me like literally Mm. uh says almost those like exact words And, like, again, this is two days before the wedding, and it's like, this is obviously not a healthy relationship, and, um, like, very, very dependent. So, um, like, probably not something that, like, will last, because, in part because, like, both of them, like, are not ready for, ready for marriage, in my opinion, um, and that would be a great transition into the age factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because Kimmy is 20 years old and is a junior in college yeah. and getting married, which is insane to think that that would even, that, that, that was not laughable in 1997. Like, that's crazy to think now. Like, if you made a movie like that now, like, without a doubt people would laugh yeah. at that yeah and um but like the fact that like we just like kind of go with it <laughs> is like mind boggling yeah. when you're not old enough to drink at your own wedding then there's a problem uh though she does order an amstel light at the bar i realized oh um, that's right but, oh fake yeah. id yeah, exactly. The, I mean, like, let's be it. She totally had a fake idea. Yeah. <laughs> Were the 21-year-old laws in place back in 1997? <laughs> I don't, I don't I think know. so. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I think those came, like, way earlier. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I probably just sounded really stupid there. Yeah. Don't agree but... with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, so, still, so, but, like, it is made... It, the movie's at least self-aware of that fact. They're like, like, I'm not going back to college. Like, I know this is like silly and like, I want to like finish my degree. And I think it's, um, I like those like conversations that they have those in there. Like she continually says like, this isn't really something that I want for myself. And um, again, so like Michael and Jules are 27 or 28 max in this movie because they make that pact that by the time they're both 28, like they will get married like L O L. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, so it's Julia Roberts. Imagine you are 28. You look like Julia Roberts. You have a crazy good job being like a chief food critic 
in a major media market like Chicago. Yeah. Well, she's in New York. York. Sorry. No. Yeah. 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 She was in New York, (laughs) in New York. And like the fact that like you are unmarried by 28 is like the most disastrous, unfathomable situation that you could find yourself in. Yeah. Well, this so wild. This really goes to show that like times, especially in the in media, have changed drastically. Because this is not something you would see in a rom com today. Absolutely not. Especially, oh my God, I'm trying to think of like 20 year old actress, like a young Haley Steinfeld, even younger than she is now. Can you imagine her like trying to get married or like? I don't know, oh, like Ariana Grande and like just picture like Ariana Grande in this role. Like there's like she would be like 27 and thriving as a single woman. And it's like what got me like was the very beginning where like all these like chefs were like they wanted this like good review, this good opinion of a 28 year old's I know. 28 year old. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, there's there's so no many... way she would have that career. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> like when I think of like food critic, I think of like older like gentlemanly or, or very like sophisticated person like I, I do not 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 a 28 year old julia roberts i, I don't know I, like that's uh, the age the age is just threw me off i just couldn't do it and like like he's like i don't want julia roberts like like uh, he's marrying down to this younger woman this 20 year old <laughs> but like see in movies nowadays like i feel like cameron diaz's character uh kimmy would would be more proud to be uh, wanting to move on with her life as like to go to college and to get her degree. She would be more forceful than like, just like, Oh, like, I don't, I, I don't really want that. Um, yeah. She wouldn't be in college. She, like if this movie were made today, she would be yeah. in like, she might be young, but like she would be graduated. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. She'd be like, like on her like career path. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a big difference between like 90s movies and today even even earlier than that so and it is like crazy because when i saw this when i was uh younger yeah like we looked like up to these tw- people too yeah like 28 at that time like they're like okay yeah that seems, by so... that seems reasonable yeah like 28 is like old and like when you turn 28 you're like nope 28 is not old at all and like also definitely not like a time you need to be married by so it is uh so like it is like crazy to watch all of these uh all of these stories play out so one thing that i want to address too is the villain factor of like how horrible everyone is I think okay. Michael is the worst of them all. <laughs> I think he's the. Do you think Michael's the worst? I think he's the true villain of the story. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, of a movie that has a lot of horrible human beings. So why do you say that? Okay. Okay. Well, number one, back to the the Kimmy factor of being twenty, he forces her to leave college to like join him on his career which he addresses on multiple occasions does not pay well and like forces her to give up everything that she wants to do Mm. just for him so that's horrible uh number two like okay he leads jules on the entire 
entire movie and like there's nothing you can say that like can convince me otherwise like to the point of um uh, i think it climaxes with him sucking a wedding finger off wedding wing off her finger <laughs> like oh my god uh and then there's like this moment where they're on the architectural tour in like in chicago and they're on the boat going under like the bridge and he's like if you love somebody you should just tell them (laughs) and um also that was a scene by the way that the tv show run paid homage to in this past week's episode and um but and he like flirts with her the whole time like he brags about how he's seen her naked and like just like does all these like cutesy things with her and like spends a lot of time with her like (laughs) other than being with his fiance who he's getting married to in like a few days yeah so he like he is very much leading her on like this entire movie and like i made a comment earlier about like him being like this like mediocre white boy and like this like frustrated me watching this movie because i'm like why are they fighting over him but then i was like also thinking i was like (sighs) i hate to say it but like michael and dermot mulroney like radiates bde in this movie (laughs) so i'm gonna sound really stupid what is bde BDE stands for Big Dick Energy. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, like a bro. Like, yeah. Like, like, a, a, like a yachty bro. Uh, a good, like, kind of comparison is, like, when somebody, like, particularly the youngins, will say, like, yeah, he or she fucks. Like, yeah. that's that's, like, the most like applicable sort of term so (laughs) and it's particularly like applied to like mediocre white men who just like kind of like walk around like they have really have nothing kind of to offer but like they know like they have a big dick and then like (laughs) that like nothing really matters to them so like and they're totally oblivious to this factor yeah (laughs) and like like he's so confident in this movie and like to a fault i would say i would say like on today's standards like this is like very toxic behavior yeah i didn't i wouldn't i I didn't know the term for it but yeah he's like one of those guys it's like like he's like extremely good looking and he knows he's extremely good looking and goes around and like he can get any anyone he wants and yeah yeah he's like one of those guys yeah i i got you yeah yeah, and he has the audacity to be shocked when Jules confesses his, like, feelings for him yeah. after he spent the <laughs> entire movie, like, flirting with her. Yeah. Like, what did you expect? Yeah, <laughs> so, really. Uh, he is, like, horrible in a movie of, like, yeah. straight-up villains. Like, so, I, yeah, he's so, awful. So him and Jules would be perfect for each other because they're both I know. And why, yeah. why can't we just leave poor Kimmy out of it? uh like there's like again i don't think there's any way he and kimmy end up happy yeah yeah um but i love the character of george (laughs) i think rupert ever is like so fantastic at this movie okay all right i need you to defend this because you constantly say how much you hate the character of the gay best friend so i need you to defend this right now 
So my um, my gripes with the stereotype of the gay best friend has almost single-handedly applies to what I call like prestige films because like prestige films have like an air of like self-importance to them Mm -hmm. right so like that's why I bring up like movies like Green Book and like Can You Ever Forgive Me uh and ironically another or not ironically coincidentally another movie that came out in 1997 um as good as it gets where like uh someone got, got an oscar nomination for greg kinnear for playing like a gay character and they have this like air of like self-importance of like oh like they're gay like look at all like the struggles they've like faced and mm-hmm. like let's like use that to like bolster up like our main characters sort of troubles and issues right so i think romantic comedies like tend to play by different rules right because like by definition they're like happy they're comedies so like you will never ever escape any sort of friend gay or straight like playing a supporting role because like that is like the role of a friend and a supporting character. Um, So what I think is like good about this one is for a number of reasons. Number one, two is like, this is still a little bit early in the, um, in the history of quote unquote gay best friends. So another like, like in the 90s like early 90s is like when they started to like really appear the most obvious that i can think of is four weddings and a funeral and i think that's like a really good example <laughs> another uh, german Morani. he's on the yeah. he's on the show <laughs> um so they um and so like this is like one of the early examples and like uh there is this is like where the good things like come in for the stereotype too, because like playing like visibility is like a massive sort of factor. Like it is better to be there and get it like a little bit wrong rather than like not be there at all. So like, um, so from a pure like historical sort of perspective, I definitely like recognize the importance of that, but from a character sort of perspective, um, the things that I like about George, um, one, he's like the voice of reason for Jules. Like he's our conscious, really. And like he gets the best line in the movie, which is like actually quite perspective. Um, it's actually quite uh, introspective, I guess, for a romantic comedy, which is like uh, Michael's chasing Kimmy like, and you're chasing Michael but who's chasing you? Right. And it's like, no, one. no one get it. That's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, Ouch. that is like, a, yeah. Yeah. Says that like outright too. So, uh, that's like really like a really great line actually. And, um, so, uh, and two, like he is like there at the very end of like of the movie with Jules, like he shares like his final moments with her. Like he is front and center of like a care of somebody who like plays like an important part like of their life. And like what if like we're supposed to believe that like the last scene is how the world ends? Like that is something that like stays with Jules, like throughout like her future. So 
Like, that is, like, a good thing. Like, they weren't forgotten about. Like, a lot of times, like, the gay best friend stereotype only helps the main character, like, come to some sort of realization about themselves, and then they disappear, like, from their lives. Like, they served their purpose. Like, we are meant to believe, if, like, the ending is any indication, that, like, George continues to play a role in her life. What I'm meant to believe is that somehow he's sitting in a book reading that afternoon and by and two hours later, he's in Chicago from New York <laughs> in a full tux, like at the wedding. Po- How does possible. that possible? How is po- that possible? Possible. You um, don't just like, yeah. I don't know how flights work. Yeah, not probable. But you don't like, <laughs> run to the airport like right after a book reading, get in an airplane, get a tux and then be at a, a wedding two hours later. It just it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Well, so it was definitely, I mean, it was at the breakfast, right? That they, like, she had, like, the confession sort of moment. Yeah, but when she's uh, in the, I'm talking about when she's driving in the truck and. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that is, like, we're led to believe, like, that is probably around, like, right before noon or so. And then the ceremony starts at six. Yeah. And then this is, like, post-ceremony. Well, post-ceremony. Like, the bride and groom have actually, like, left. So, like, this is probably, like, nine o'clock. So, like, it's possible. Probable? Absolutely not. <laughs> but, like, physically possible? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, now that we're on George, I don't know if you were going to get to the topic of the dinner scene or if I needed to bring that, bring that up. The dinner scene? The or sing the, along. Oh my God. The best part. Like the, I, that was one of the most worthy. iconic. That was so serious? cringeworthy. I, that, that scene is iconic. I'm, to who? Everyone? Uh, people, people who know the genre, like singing in a restaurant is like not a new, uh, not a new phenomenon in romantic comedy. It appears a lot. Um, but like, I thought it this was is so like, out of place. It was just oh, so mo- awkwardly timed. Oh, this! Oh my god, I could not disagree with you more. I think the restaurant scene is the best scene. I think oh, that's I hated the best it. Scene oh the whole my movie. god, I hated it. I think, like, I think the beginning of the movie is like good, pleasant, and fun. And then when George shows up again, like the movie takes off and soars like drastically, and it's like so good too. Like prior to that, also one of the best uses of like the F word in a PG thirteen movie. Oh yeah, and I re- I remember being like shocked by that, and like remember thinking that was like so cool that they could use an F word <laughs> uh, in like in a PG thirteen movie. Um, oh yeah, it's blaringly so, obvious when when she says it too. Yeah, they were gonna they were so, gonna get that F bomb in there no matter what, and it was great. Like and her delivery of it is like is so fantastic yeah and like rupert everett has this like amazing amazing screen presence and like so then like coming through like into the story that he's like leading uh he's telling all of the um like all of kimmy's family uh about this too like your eyes are on him just because of like how much charisma he's uh he's bringing out too and like, what makes, like, it great is that, like, there's, like, a story kind of, like, behind Say a Little Prayer, right? So he's, like, he's using it, like, as a story as if it was, like, this 
big erupting moment of like him and Jules's like fake relationship, but it's not like a song that kind of like comes out of nowhere the way that it does like in a lot of other romantic comedies. And so then like, obviously also the fact that he's like really gay in in real life or well, yes, in real life, but like in the movie too. And um, so, but like no one knows he's actually gay other than Jules. And so like, the fact that he's like putting on this like massive performance uh is just like adds this sort of like double layer to it too mm-hmm. and like the perfect like sort of song like right after um like looked this up too right after my best friend's wedding came out like um say a little prayer like re-entered like the billboard hot 100 because like oh, I'm it sure became it so yeah. popular again uh so i adore that is like i adore that i i guess like the cast recorded a version of it i guess watching it at home like on my tv by myself just felt a little more uncomfortable than i would have like maybe in a theater with an audience i maybe maybe would have enjoyed the experience a little more i don't know um just to me it just felt very awkward to see i just felt it was out of place but i'm also not like a huge like musical fan like a musical movie fan but um See, I, it's, uh, then this might come down to taste too, because right after like that happened, like my first thought was like more movies, more comedies should have musical numbers. Oh, my first thought was was, like, that was my first thought to end. Like, please end. Like, I can't do this. Uh, I just thought it was very, I, 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 yeah, I think it just comes down to taste too. It just felt very awkward. Um, I would have loved it if he got an Oscar. I kind of think he should have gotten an Oscar nomination. I know, bold opinion. Nah, um, yeah. He got a golden. Glo- he got a Gold Globe nomination. Um, oh, yes. So did Julia Roberts, and um, and this um, got a uh, best uh, don't, don't. picture. Oh my for god! Golden Globe, Golden Globes nomination. I, no, yeah, I figured. Uh, Can we? And have- it is an Oscar nominated film. For what music score? Yeah. Uh, and this is where I promise to come back in. It is score in the 90s, the score category split up between uh, drama and musical and comedy mm-hmm. for like four years, which I think just speaks to the strength of how good comedies or how prolific comedies were in the 90s. But like, that is crazy to think that like they split things up by musical and comedy as like recently as the 90s yeah uh, and like this got a nomination for uh, for the score so yeah. and now they have since merged again and now we're back full circle to our conversation about the sound yeah. earlier <laughs> well maybe... i promised it would come up again yeah yeah don't give many ideas to split again Let's, let's, I know, let's like that was like a. I mean, looking at the nominations, it's kind of like, Ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> so I think as good as it gets, won that year oh. for the score. Yeah. So, but so um, can we talk about real quick the four main characters in, in this movie are, or the four main actors are Julia Roberts, Dermot Mulroney, Cameron Diaz, and Rupert Everett. Looking at them in 1997 and looking at them today, two characters or two of those people look very good and two of those people do not look so hot <laughs> and, I'm, I, and I'm i talking, would say i would say three look really good i i think i think rupert Everett still looks really good i, I think rupert Everett still can get it uh, i don't think he's age at all and neither i don't think dermot morrow i mean he's age either 
Dermot Moroni definitely looks better younger than he looks older. I mean, older. these two are these two are like heartthrobs of the '90s and like yeah. of this movie, and like they're like everyone in this movie is like a perfect ten. Like you know, we're all like so incredibly good looking, but like obviously, like as we all know, Julia Roberts does not age a day, and she looks better today than she did in 1997. I I think, and Cameron Diaz obviously is stunning. So. Uh, just, it just goes to show that women, I guess when it comes to looks, good looking people, the the girls of Hollywood really got it, got it going for them. But I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think Rupert Everett looks looks that great. But that's just my personal opinion. It's also interesting from a film star perspective mm-hmm. because there's a resounding narrative that like women can't get roles like after 30 which is so true in like a lot of cases and like a shame but like julia roberts and cameron diaz are the two from this movie that went on to have like great careers after 97 um not that this was either of their first movies though cameron diaz was still new at the time but like rupert ever and dermot moroni like don't really make that much anymore (laughs) or at least that high profile so um the women in this movie went on to have much better careers yeah i mean not only they're icons they're you know hollywood icons dermot moroni is not what he used to be uh he could he could get it when in 97 though oh yeah he's like really hot and i again everyone is so incredibly good looking like they're almost too good everyone's a 10 10 for 10 he's so boring though like uh, he's so incredibly boring it infuriates me how good looking he is because I'm like, you are not an interesting person, but like, would I sleep with you? <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not a probably. Yes. Yes. Would I feel good about it? No. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> also, another thing that um, I appreciate about Dermot Mulroney is that he has a scar on his lip in the exact spot that I have a scar on my lip. So like that, the narcissist factor is attracted to that. Like, oh, you could be attractive to have a scar on your lip. There you go. You are the spot. next. You are the next Dermot Maroney. Well, hopefully, I age better. <laughs> so, but uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So cool. I guess anything else we're missing. Uh, no, um, I. Uh, I feel like we've... I think this movie. Yeah, I think this movie actually stands the test time uh, pretty well. Other than like its I don't. patriarchal <laughs> factors, but um, I think it's like very good. It subverts like expectations of like what a rom com should be, and I think that's like really cool. So I think my best I friend's... enjoys. I think my best friend's wedding is a perfect candidate to have a sequel come out just about now. Because I would love. I wondered that. I I like. I was like shocked that they did not pursue a sequel because it was so successful, like box office wise. I knew there was like EW did some kind of reunion with them, but I I think I would love to see where these characters are, especially Kimmy's character in today's world, and how how the whole email thing is working out for them. (laughs) But her email. But her email. Well, cool. Well, even though you oh, and funny, like oh, fun, funnily enough, it. did you know um, Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney were both in August Osage County together? I saw that, like yeah. when I was like looking up their uh, 
like recent repertoire and i was like oh yeah. shoot interesting um yeah i can't think of any uh other movie that like any of the other actors like overlapped so yeah I was trying to reunion think, i was like there's there's got to be some kind of like cameron diaz julia roberts movie but i couldn't think of one uh yeah i couldn't either so. um yeah i mean i would love to see kind of a follow-up to this just as much as I hate the actors, just or sorry, hate the, hate the characters. Love to see if they've like learned lessons or like where they've gone in their life. See if that architect thing's worked out. <laughs> so. Yeah, I hope so. I kind of yeah. hope Kimmy left him. Yeah, and like, and because like, you know, Cameron Diaz and Julia Roberts are such huge stars today. Just kind of see the two of them back in one movie together, um, and like have them kind of be the leads. Where instead of like and kind of push Dermot to the side, um, that would be interesting to see as well. I don't know. So. Yeah, well, from your mouth to whoever's ears <laughs> needs to hear <laughs> to, that to PJ Hogan. The... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right, who hasn't done? He's the director. Has not done much recently. So mm. who's to say? Well, it's not like he's doing much now. So let's get on. Yeah. We got yeah, we got the time. Yeah. Let's do a quarantine version. Yeah, That's really. Let's not. not no. <laughs> so, all right. Cool. Well, uh, I guess if I had to give it an overall grade, I would give it I would give my best friend's wedding a C. I'm uh I'm in the B plus okay. A minus region. I I like this movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, obviously it makes me feel good. So Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, we talked about this whole watching older movies uh, a couple weeks ago and how it kind of makes us feel uncomfortable. And I guess even 90s movies kind of apply in terms of this. So, all right. I mean, even last week, 2008 happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Things get dated very quickly. Yes. Yes, true. I mean, even movies that came out like five years ago are are dated. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, um, so we get into what we think we're going to do next week. Continuing with our theme trend. Yeah. Well, remember four weeks ago, you said we'd only be lasting about four weeks. Well, it's been four weeks. So. (laughs) So um, Andrew and I had to come up with some more themes for <laughs> what seems to be in never-ending quarantine. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess next week, um, I guess this is a bit of a stretch here, but we we have we have a lot of frontline workers and a lot of nurses and doctors out in hospitals right now who are the real superheroes um, taking care of this planet and people. Um, so we decided that we, God, this is going to sound so bad. We go with to not to honor them. (laughs) We would go with the superhero theme. Um, so Andrew and I are both going to pick two superhero movies. Um, and we'll put them out on social media for you to vote and decide. We'll put them out on, um, our social media handles. So, um, and our poll will end Wednesday. So today is Sunday. So you'll have three days to vote. Um, yeah. So 
I guess. Yeah, I think you're being. I, I think you're just. Be, I wanted to be. Yeah, very I think you're being like. No, I think you're being too hard on yourself okay. about like the reason why we're doing yeah. it. Too. Okay. Like, um, obviously, like, uh, everything that we're talking about, like, does not matter in comparison to like what like other people are actually doing in their quarantine time i.e like the people saving lives and and all the people like in who are essential workers yeah so um and a lot of people you know um you know calling them superheroes so like that's where the like precipice of the idea came from but like there was these also tend to be like feel good movies yeah. and, and if there's any like, like overcoming stuff if there's any nurses or doctors or frontline workers police firefighters listening in thank you so much for your service thank you for what you're doing you're so much more of a superhero than anyone on screen is right now so um we really appreciate everything you're doing for us um couldn't literally couldn't do it without you <laughs> yeah really so all right um i guess did i went first last week so do you want to no, no uh i went i think i went first last week right uh, because I did Sister Act. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so I guess I'll go okay. first this week. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> there's a lot of super movie, superhero movies to pick from. Um, and there's a lot of sequels and spinoffs. Um, so, I decided to just kind of stick with first originals. Um, so, one of my favorite superhero movies. It's actually like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, kind of kicked off the whole Marvel franchise. It did kick off the Marvel franchise. Um, and I absolutely love it. I think it's a great movie. One of my all-time favorite movies is Iron Man. Um, I ha- I was... Uh, I remember one of the... Um, yeah, yeah, it was... It was how am I trying, what am I trying to say? Uh, one of the first summer blockbusters like I truly remember being super excited for and seeing Iron Man for the first time. Well, like I'll never forget it. So uh, I saw it with my dad um, back in 2008 when it first came out in May. Um, and I think it's got a lot of um, memory attached to it. Um, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man um, just, I think is like a perfect role for him. I think he was born to play Iron Man. He was just coming off of his, um, run in prison and he was a newly sober guy in Hollywood didn't really know really know how to react to Robert Downey Jr. Um, but I think he really redeemed himself and he's just like he proved to be one of the hardest working people in Hollywood um, one of the highest paying um, to be to be fair but uh, he does work hard for his money so um, I will say Iron Man is my is my first choice pick good picks um i'm also relatively gonna try and stick with firsts as much as i can in case we have overlap um so my first choice is twofold uh so my first pick is going to be the movie wonder woman Ah! and that yeah. is my second pick. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I um, well, no, no, no. Well, I mean, uh, like, that's good. Like, that happened, like, earlier, too. So, yeah. means we're, just, like, like, on a similar wavelength. Like, who decide? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. all these movies, there's literally, like, a hundred plus movies to pick from. We both yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Um, no. So, uh, first and foremost, too, 
if all goes according to plan, Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel, is going to be coming out later this summer. Yeah, that's August. why I wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this is a, like, great chance to, like, revisit, like, the first one. Uh, well-timed. And then, uh, in theory, we would cover that movie and, on a future episode and we can compare. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is, like, the first reason. And... Um, The second reason is because it's directed by Patty Jenkins. And um, to call back to an episode that we had earlier on movies directed by women, I realized uh, particularly this past week when like the four of our selections of feel good movies were all movies where the main character was a woman, but none of the movies were directed by women. Which, and, like, calling back to our conversation about the roundtable of, like, what can, like, we do? And, like, we kind of, like, I made, like, a pledge to do better, right? And in our small little ways, at least. So, um, in the very smallest of ways, when we make these two selections each, um, I pledge from here on out till, like, the end of quarantine that one of the two movies that I pick for my selection will be directed by a woman. So to make things as even, even as possible. So, um, so uh, that's one, something that I want to keep to my, want to honor that like as much as I can. Again, very small in comparison to things, but um so that um so that's the second reason why I wanted to at least make that sort of announcement and um we'll extend beyond Wonder Woman too, but that just happens to be directed by Will. Cool. So Well Wonder Woman I wish, you, I wish you the best of luck with that. And yeah, uh, yeah. I like the pick. Um obviously I like the pick. I will not be making that pledge. Um <laughs> but I am fully supportive of, of what you do. Um I think that's a great pledge, and I, I'm really i I think it's a great um, goal to have, uh, and really honors the female director. So something we definitely need more of, more of not just direct female directors, but female leadership in this country. Yeah. Um, but I digress on that point. So my second superhero movie um, is a little bit unconventional, and it's a movie that you, Andrew, actually probably will get very excited about. Um, this movie came out one year actually after Iron Man, the first movie um, I picked. Uh, and it was one of my, at the time, um, one of my favorite superhero movies, or one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and I still think it holds up as one of the best superhero movies today. Um, I have no problems with this movie. I think it's perfect, even though it is a little bit polarizing uh, between critics and fans. And it has been recently brought up uh, this year uh, because HBO made a show about it and that movie is Watchmen. Um, I absolutely adore Watchmen. I I think um, it holds up today and I'm I, I'm very intrigued to have a conversation with you about the 2009 film version of Watchmen and kind of compare it to um, everything that we're seeing today in our society. So, 
I knew you were going to pick Watchmen, which is why I excluded it from my consideration. (laughs) I just knew. I just had this feeling. uh, And I was right. I did not know you were going to pick Iron Man. Um, So, uh, Well, they're they're arguably two of my all-time favorite superhero movies. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, The one thing that I will say that I can contribute to Watchmen is that I had... I'd seen the movie when it came out in 2009 and I recently just re or not re I read the graphic novel for the first time ever. I'd Mm. never read the graphic novel. So Mm. I literally just finished it less than a month ago. So the novel is like still very fresh in my mind and I'd be able to share some sort of uh, insights of like novel versus movie that are yeah. fresh so um that's that's what i'd say in me too Watchmen. <laughs> yeah i've also read the graphic novel <laughs> yeah so, i would love to uh sit down and have a i, I could talk about Watchmen for hours and hours so anyway <laughs> that's um, my that's my second pick so my second pick i tried to think of movies that like kind of intersected virus situations with um with superhero and like it's not exactly the case and it's like not a perfect fit and there's honestly no real um good sort of equal uh equal comparison mm-hmm. uh but like the best that I could think of and I kept coming back to and um, would be interested in rewatching is the movie X Men, uh, yeah. really the franchise X Men. But like again, I kind of wanted to start things off at the beginning too. Mm-hmm. So, um, and X Men is also available on HBO. So <laughs> let's be um, honest, I own all these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was like uh, could be like a good sort of interesting thing. Like they talk about like mutation, right? So. If, things and at least in x-men 3 you know like they talk about like a cure actually they talk about a cure all the time but um yeah but that's not really i know i know like i wasn't gonna do i wasn't gonna do x-men 3 do not that's a bit of a stretch (laughs) um so i thought that like some of the stuff like could be interesting to like revisit and also at the same time if like we're talking about superheroes right like other parts of the franchise are going to come up like inherently by um, in like all of the topics that we're going to be discussing or like all of the candidates. So Mm. Iron Man, we would talk about pretty much anything that happens in sequels or Avengers wonder woman could talk about anything like the future sequel or DC universe. Yeah. If we wanted to and Watchmen, we could talk about the TV series too. So like, all of these things have like extended universes. So this is just kind of like starting at the beginning. So, um, and like, it's, it was one of the earlier ones of like movies that kind of shaped the way that we think about uh, superhero movies. Obviously it wasn't the first, but it was one of like, yeah. One of the more recent ones. Yeah. So 2000, it was yeah post Superman pre Spider-Man. So yeah. Yeah. So, like, so just, it was kind of like, yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> it just, like, felt right. So, yeah. so yeah. my pick is X-Men. Yeah. yeah, definitely kicked off the entire um, 
Marvel franchise uh, in the Marvel, not Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the Marvel, the beginning of the Marvel movies. So that's a good pick. I like it. So, all right. So you got your four choices. You've got um, Iron Man, the original, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman, not the TV show, Um, Watchmen, and the final pick is X-Men. So, and you can vote starting, I believe, tonight, Andrew. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we should have the uh, polls open yeah. up. So, and you can vote on our uh, Twitter handle, which is at repeat step pod. Um, we'll put up a poll there. And because Facebook doesn't allow polls, you can vote using your reaction buttons. And we'll uh, put the vote up on our status in our on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash step and repeat pod. And you can always um, send us an email at step and repeat pod at gmail.com. Um, you can send us an email with your vote or you can send us an email. Just uh, we'll take threats, bribes, promises, anything, questions, concerns, anything like that. So, uh, yeah. So feel free to send us an email um, or like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and give us those those likes and thumbs up and shares. That's how we uh, expand and get the, the voice. Yeah. Out. So. All right. Yeah, well, um, and send us future topic ideas, too. Yes, if you, please. If you want us to cover uh, something in particular, we'd love to have your input. Yeah. All right. So. Well, until we save the world uh, next week. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure, Matt, debating Julia Roberts rom-coms. <laughs> been a pleasure, yes. <laughs> I agree. We'll and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and until next week, it's an honor just to be considered. The moment I wake up. Before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. <laughs> While combing my hair now, while wondering what dress to wear now, I say a little prayer for you. Forever and ever, you stay in my heart. Forever, that's how it must be to live without you. Would only be heartbreak for me. <laughs> <laughs>